Man, I do not play that song enough. That is such a good song. Too sweet. Uh, ciao ragazzi. As you can see, I'm alone for now. Uh, Frank is not here. Uh, this is a little uh, little special Thursday edition. Uh, maybe I'm getting ready for Europa League. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I thought I'd bring on a guest. Uh, we had a big, important game uh, not too long ago. Milan, Roma, Roma, Milan. Uh, we didn't get to talk enough about it on the podcast. So I thought I'd bring on a Romanisti in here, a Romanista to talk about of course i'm talking about fourth cap scott monroe uh mr mr busy man you're on two different podcasts yourself uh first of all how are you welcome to the show i was uh uh thank you there we go there you go i am back back (laughs) too sweet the nwo that's right too sweet (laughs) <laughs> uh tell everybody what uh, the two po- the two shows you're on two podcasts uh it's uh two very good podcasts so, but i mean plug it away so sorry uh man the post and uh the magic based podcast so uh man on the post podcast very familiar with it uh very awesome podcast uh great group of guys great group of cast there uh but they also doing a roma mm. podcast which is uh Good, because it's good to see you doing some Roma stuff. Uh, Roma is a is a club with a great history and uh, a passionate fan base. So uh, I, I know you have oodles to talk about every 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 episode. Oh, thanks, man. Much appreciated. Absolutely. So we're here because we want to talk about obviously uh, the game that was near and dear to both of us, right? Uh, Roma Milan. Uh, it was a game that we thought would be had some fireworks in it because both teams were. Uh, and pretty good situations in the table. Both teams have, you know, um, are, are very entertaining to watch, but, you know, there's always going to be fireworks, and there certainly was in this match. Um, let's get into the lineups real quick. First, you know, first for you guys, uh, as a host, looking at the lineups for your team, uh, Paolo Lopez in goal. Uh, you had a, a back three of Mancini, Cristante, and Fazio with the uh, midfield five of Karsdrup, VR, Veratu, Spinazzola, and then uh, and Pellegrini, Mikatarin, and Mayoral to round it out. Um, thoughts on your lineup before heading into the match? Uh, I mean, obviously, seeing Mayoral up there is uh, is always welcoming, at least as a neutral. I see because you know he does so well. What was your thoughts on the lineup heading into that? Yeah, he he came in because uh, Jacko picked up a knock in the Braga second leg. It was a muscle strain. Uh, my only big concern was seeing uh, Federico Fazio at centre back. <laughs> And uh, as you could see, um, I think that may have been his third start of the season. And safe to say, well, he found a bit of a shocker. So which is which is more of a worrying sight for you, seeing Fazio in the lineup or, or Cristante as a centre-back? So no, I know you, I think you're one of the few that, or not one of the few, you're one of the many that who think Cristante does a good job at centre-back. Uh, I, on the other hand, feel he is a major liability mm. back there. What are your thoughts on on him and him in comparison to Fazio? I'd rather have Cristante at centre back uh, than Fazio. Fazio is a um, he's a bit older, and as you can see with his build, he's a bit slower now. I know he's been at the club five seasons now, and he's yeah. just a bit um, started well in the first couple of seasons, but been on a decline since Di Francesco left. Um, Cristante uh, Fonseca said he wants a, a ball player in centre half, and he's proven that on quite a lot of occasions this season that he's good bringing the ball out from defence and starting attacks. Uh, we sort of missed him in the Benevento draw the week previously where we struggled to break down their side and especially when they were playing against 10 men for what 30 35 minutes um could have we were just lacking 
like attack and like chances up front. But yeah, I I don't mind Cristante playing there. He, said, he says he quite enjoys playing at centre back. Is I was going to say the ball playing centre half. Always the, the libero is there. It's back in the day, but um, he does a job. It, it, oh, it looks like I lost you just for a second. Uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, I agree with you about Cristante. Uh, I think um, his passing ability, you know, it's, it's certainly better than Fazio. I mean, Fazio is almost having like a, a color off back there, right? A guy who's a major liability. Uh, and someone who, when the other team sees them on the team sheet, they, uh, their eyes get big and they get all excited about it, right? Um, so uh, looking at you know uh, at my team, you know Milan, uh, looking at the lineup for there, obviously it's a pretty standard lineup for Milan. Uh, Donnarumma in goal. You had a back four of Calabria, Kiar, um, Tomori this time instead of Romagnoli, uh, and then uh, Teo Hernandez midfield three of Tonali, uh, Kessi, Salamakers, Chalanolu, Rebic, and Ibrahimovic up top. Um, uh, you know, for the most part, the lineup is pretty straightforward for me. Uh, Tamori is a big one, I think, obviously, with Romagnoli struggling uh, as of late. Um, uh, many Milanisti, including myself, we, you know, we, we were th- calling for the benching of, of Romagnoli. Uh, and, you know, some are different extremes than others. I think he just needs to sit down a couple of weeks and then come back in the lineup. Many people just want to get rid mm. of him. Um, someone you know very well from your time, you know, from his time at Roma. Um you know, I, I think it was a great move by, by, by Pioli. I think Tamori is someone who's shown exceptional quality so far this season, the short time we've had him. Uh, and it showed again in this game how how, how great of a, a center back he can be. The potential is there. And, you know, p- pairing with someone like Kiar, uh, another former a former player of yours, um, he, did, he did a pretty good job. He did, he did a pretty stand-up job. And um, I know it made your life more difficult, uh, you know, having a guy like Tamori out there, a guy with such pace who, you know, yeah, you mm. may you may have the uh, position wise, you, you may beat him down, but he catch you. He's he was one of the fastest guys on the pitch in this game, which is amazing for a center back. Center backs tend to be the slower, you know, slow foot. Uh, not Tamori. Tamori's got the pace for sure, uh, which is great to see. Um, so this game was uh, certainly an interesting one, um, you know. Milan, what we noticed is they came out very aggressive in this game. I think the first opening 20 minutes, uh, Milan put a lot of pressure on you guys. Uh, and, and really, Milan should have had a couple opportunities to score. I know uh, there's a play where Paul Lopez had a silly giveaway that Zlatan should have scored, really. Um, mm-hmm. Another opportunity where um, a goal was taken back. Tomori ended up scoring, uh, bouncing around. VAR decided it was offside, the correct call. Uh, and also Rebic had some opportunities as well. Kiar had uh, hit off the post crossbar. Um, that opening 20 minutes is not what you want to see, you know, as a Roma fan, uh, especially in a big game like this, because we we know the whole shtick with uh, Roma don't play play well in the big games. Uh, the first 20 minutes had to have been worrying for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, it put us put us on the back foot. You like AC Milan just came out like with this pressing style, which I don't think many clubs have done to Roma this season in Serie A and in Europe in the Europa League. Um, I think Bar Lazio, maybe the second half against Atalanta, where Roma capitulated in both games. I, I've seen like that. Yeah, uh, they pressed, uh, especially Gonzalo Villar, who's been Roma's like one of Roma's best players in the center midfield yeah. he's the he's the passer in the in the midfield and he's got fantastic passing stats for the season he's been one of the breakout stars for Roma 
uh, in uh, 2020, 2021. But yeah, you guys pressed him. And what you did when Roma tried to play the ball out of the back with Paolo Lopez and like um, Mancini and Cristante, and especially Fazio, like Milan just pressed even higher and higher up the pitch and then won the ball in dangerous areas and created so many chances, which I was, I was screaming at my TV, go by past the, the press, go long, go long, because that's what you got to do to get past the press is go, play long yeah. balls. Uh, um, into space or even to, to target man of a striker but that didn't happen and Milan just just bossed this midfield and it took Roma probably 20 to 25 minutes to start getting their ideas on the pitch and it was I think then you could see Roma would, may have lost that game by the first 25 minutes in it I think uh, Paulo Fonseca would probably agree with you. We'll get to his uh, post-match press conference afterwards. But mm. um, yeah, I agree. I think that midfield for Milan did a really stand-up job in particular for me. Obviously, for me, Frank Kessie is always a, a dominant performer. He's a consistent performer. But Tonali, uh, someone who many Milanese have criticized mm. over the over the season, uh, he's gotten better and better each and each week. And I mean, he had a, a big save. I forget if it was on Vera 2 or Mkhitaryan where he came diving in, made a beautiful diving tackle. Pellegrini. But he's been playing... Pellegrini, yes, uh, but he's been playing yeah. better and better in this game. He's, he was a good compliment to Frank Kessier, uh, and it certainly made life difficult for you guys. Um, and so, you know, uh, you guys had a very good – despite all the pressure that Milan was putting on and all the chances they created, you guys actually had a good chance to take the lead through Mkhitaryan. Uh, he, he is one of the smartest players you'll see out there. He made this great run where he got the ball one-on-one with the keeper – tries a chip shot where nine times out of ten he'll actually finish it and this is just why mm. what were your thoughts on not only getting the opportunity for himself but also missing that shot as wide as he did yeah it was um it was a i would say a golden chance after a bit of uh, actually not a bit a lot of pressure when when your side is under pressure and you get that one chance for me it was more of like a 70 30 chance where I think you're trying to be a bit yeah. instinctive and that, yeah, I try to be a, a bit clever against Donnarumma. Who Donnarumma is what is it, six three, maybe six four? Nah, he maybe bigger than that, but yeah, he's a big guy, he's a big he, guy. He, no he spreads himself, he's big, yeah, yeah, got, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a big unit. And then a few minutes later, he had an opportunity which was disallowed, didn't he? From the uh, from I think it was from the resulting corner. I think it was. I think it was. You're right. It was like successive yeah. uh, opportunities by him. And so, yeah, that was a great opportunity that you guys had just yeah. missed. And I think really with, with the time frame uh, or the, the instinct had to take over because it was such a bang-bang play. I think the way Don Romo was coming out and as big as he gets, he almost had to get a shot off quickly. Otherwise, it would have got smothered by Don Aroma. Uh So, I mean, mm. it was a great opportunity. Uh, wonderful chance, you know, created by the by the run of Mkhitaryan and, you know, uh, having the opportunity. But uh, the first chance of the game would go, uh, and it was a very, at the time, controversial play, I think. Uh, Tonali coming down the right flank, um, pretty much nowhere to go. He finds Ton- uh, Calabria, who's just inside the box. Uh, he gets taken down. I remember watching it live. I thought, what is he doing? He's just falling down. Uh, play continues on. Uh, but then they, you know, people are calling for go to VAR. Referee does go to re- VAR, uh, and it shows that Fazio uh, does step on Calabria's foot. Now, the, the, I guess the location was is very debatable. You could say in the box or just uh, it's on the line. Uh, but I think mm. the foul um, was pretty pretty obvious. I think once you saw the replay, well, would you not agree? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a foul. There was 
as um, was say a, not like studs raised. It wasn't really a stamp, was it? Yeah, I think no. it was just second to the ball when it it, it yeah. was just a, a foot raising. Like oh, the the guys on commentary, uh, I don't know if you got the same commentary as I did back here in the UK. It was like when there's contact, you know, there's contact, and it doesn't mean you have to go down quite a lot. Like right. we've both played right. sports. Like if you feel contact, you you will go down. Right. But with that. I think what it was is where it was in the area. Was it just inside? Was it just outside? Just, was it just on the line? Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was the question. Yeah. And so I think that was a big debate was, was, was it in or was it not? Because uh, the, it was, he did step on Calabria's foot. But like I said, whatever the decision the referee is going to make, because it is subjective at that point, I mean, you'd have to go with it because it's hard to disagree with it. So a penalty mm. was called. Um, I know at least with Milan, I know with Roma, it tends to be very two tends to be the guy who takes the kicks. Milan, it tends to be either Zlatan or Kessier. Uh, and apparently Zlatan has the choice of who takes it. So uh, smartly, he chose Frank Kessier uh, and, Fra- and Frank, you know, Frank the Tank puts it away, makes it one nothing going into halftime. Um, I, I think and many would argue that it would maybe a deservedly for Milan with all the pressure they had put in that first half. Uh, obviously, Roma had some opportunities as well. What was your overall assessment of that first half? Yeah, um, Milan totally bossed that first half, um, especially when, in the first 25 minutes where they yeah. pinned Roma back with a high press and creating so many chances, like with Slatan, Rebic. That was probably the best I've seen Rebic play in a long while. Um, he looked motivated. Like, yeah, he looked motivated after the derby defeat, um, which I probably guess is pretty still sore with you guys. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, <laughs> but... I think the side looks more balanced with Tamori in it instead of Romagnoli. Tamori adds that bit of dynamism and bit of pace yeah. that you yeah. guys have been lacking at centre back. But yeah, um, t- Roma were just like, they were still shocked. And I think the game beforehand where they struggled against Benevento was probably still in their mind. I know they had played midweek against Braga and won that quite comfortably. But there was moments in that game where Roma struggled and they struggled like passing out from the back and those individual errors that were uh, that were on on show on Thursday were again on show on Sunday against Milan and like Milan I would say are a lot better side than Braga no offense but they capitalized it more and like yeah. they created a shed load of chances that Roma could have been about five five nil down at halftime yeah yeah yeah, I agree about that. It was a, uh, it was Milan put a lot of pressure on there, and you know if it wasn't for lack of finishing, uh, some some part on Zlatan, some part on Paul Lopez making great saves, uh, it could have been a bigger scoreline mm. than it was at halftime. Uh, and you know the question always is with with any team that gets goes down a goal, how do they react, right? Um, obviously Roma do have this stick against them against the big teams, but we wonder how they would respond. They did come out of that second half with with more with more gumption, more passion. It seemed like. Uh, and then, in, you know, in the 50th minute, we see Veratu giving the ball to Spinat Zola out left. Uh, he gives it back to Veratu at the top. And Jordan Veratu with what he does, brilliant, brilliant curling shot uh, past Donnarumma, his 10th goal of the season. Uh, what a special player. What a special season uh, Veratu's having for you guys. Talk a little bit about him and what he's meant to you guys this season. Yeah, he's been like one of our standout players this season. Sadly, um, it looks like he might miss the end of the season he picked up a room but yeah uh, mm. he's like i would i would say he's mr reliable in the midfield he score yeah it's like for ac 
Milan. Uh, Frank Kessie is a designated taker. Now, over the last 18 months, Jordan Baratou is the one for Roma. Ball. He's good in like in transition, in attack. He's like one of the first guys when Roma like counter attack teams and have done it really well this season. He's like one of the main guys in midfield. So like your your car stops, your your spinet solas, your Mikatarians, and he can just get into these pocket areas and then pick up the ball and then finish chances and if you've seen with the goal on Sunday it was an absolute fantastic finish yeah and certainly one of one of the goals of the weekend that, that, that finished there uh and it was a, I mean, a great finish and all of a sudden you know you guys are injected with all this uh energy after that goal um and then you know many wondered also then in the counter how would Milan respond to that because again you know over the last month or so they've been pretty poor overall um, and when they got punched in the mouth, they've usually not been able to punch back as opposed to where the first, you know, pretty much all of 2020, they would always come back no matter what. And they've struggled in the last month. So you wonder, you know, I wondered, could Milan, would Milan mount a, mount a reaction to that? Or were they just, you know, take it on the chin and, and let Roma continue to put pressure on them? Uh, what we did see, though, uh, thanks to Paolo Lopez, uh, turnover in the 58th minute, uh, a silly kick away to Calabria who jumped all over it. He gives it to Salamakers. Salamakers finds Rebic. Rebic with a beautiful turn on, on Mancini. Uh, puts it away far corner past Paolo Lopez. Um, nice goal by Rebic. I think something deserved. You could tell he had the motivation in this game. How 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 gut-wrenching was that Was that goal just so soon after you guys had scored? Yeah, it was um, a bitter pill to swallow. Um, when, like, as you said, like, Rebic was motivated. And uh, this was the best I've seen him probably since the reverse derby was it the worst derby in October in May? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know he's had suffered, suffered with injuries. Um, yeah, it was just annoying because when you work so hard to get back into a game, and then just to give it away in a stupid moment, <laughs> like, like I've, I've seen stills of it. Some like I've seen screen grabs of it or on the the plays. Paul Lopez tries to play a long ball to one of the, the attackers, but it he hits it too too soft and then yeah. Calabi just rushes in and you know, like Roma defense is exposed and then you just think there's really there was easier balls on there was balls to Villar maybe to, to Fazio <laughs> maybe he didn't trust Fazio because Fazio didn't have the best of first halves and then got yeah. hooked like 10 minutes later for Brent Perez and yeah it was just a stupid mistake individual mistakes have cost Roma quite a lot in the last probably six to eight weeks where mm. they've been in good commanded positions in games and then They've just thrown it away. Like the prime example was like on Sunday, where just a stupid ball out from the defense, and then AC Milan just went thanks and just went up the other end and scored. Yeah, no, I, and exactly. Milan uh, were very instinctive, very uh, had a killer instinct in that play, and and Rebic, you know, wonderful turn on on Mancini, who's a fantastic defender, uh, and gets it by him. Two mm. one uh, at that point. Uh, you know, we did see opportunities go both ways. Mkhitaryan had a great opportunity where he pretty much faked Kessie out of his boots, and then tried to go for a shot over Donnarumma, but just went over just went over the bar. Um, we saw Krunic with a, a a shot from midfield that nearly went in past Paolo Lopez. Um, some other opportunities, yeah. you know, going go back and forth. What would, <laughs> Krunic has been one of our worst players this season. How bad would you have felt it had that gone in? I mean, it would, obviously the game would have been over at that point, but. Yeah, I think someone was, uh, when they trying to call back for a foul, I think maybe Bochemeyer may have got fouled, or was it Pellegrini may have got fouled, and then Krunic 
spotted uh, Paulo Lopez off his line and tried to uh, like chip it over him from like 45 yards out. Nearly got I think it. If that, yeah, that, that was some save as well. That was an absolute yeah. oh, brilliant yeah. save, top save. Yeah. Um, yeah, if that went in, I think I probably just walked out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame you for that. Uh, but there are a couple other plays that you know maybe would have caused you to walk out of your house as well. Um, two two calls in this game. Obviously, the refereeing came up to to attention again in this game. Uh, two more penalties that were missed mm. in this game that probably should have been called. Uh, one on Mikatarin and the other one on on Leal. Uh, what were what did you see on on both of those calls that you know that you're surprised that the referee didn't call it and VAR didn't call it. The first one annoys me and it annoyed me for quite a while. I'm normally quite good with decisions like that go against you. <laughs> like yeah, I can let yeah, it go. Yeah. But um this one didn't. You could see like I I like when the game finished, I rewound it and then paused it like paused it like <laughs> three or four times to see what was going on. And I was just thinking oh no what is going on and then he booked him for diving yeah how could you book him for diving yeah. he had Ter hernandez had his like arm hooked over it's like a submission in wrestling it's one of them in like like a leg lock and it, it just <laughs> oh my god i still don't know I, honestly i still don't know why they didn't go var and it didn't get overturned um on the liao castle one I can see why it wasn't given, but then I did read reports that it should have been given yeah. the next day because Liao skinned him. Like, Karstorp's no mug. He's very quick, and especially yeah. after the couple of years he's had with his knee injuries. Like, Liao is deadly with pace. That's his, that's his main game. Yeah. And it, when he get when he's on his game, it's he's unstoppable. And he was just on the left because he... He wasn't playing as a central striker, was he? After Ibra went off, he was no. like he was floating, so he was hard to pick up. And when he picked it up, I thought, "Uh oh, we're in trouble here." And he does cast off for pace, and then there's a coming together, like legs a lot, and they yep. both go down. And I was thinking, "Uh oh, he's given one penalty to Milan." I know Milan have got a lot of penalties this season. He could give another one, and I was thinking, "Oh no." No, not again. Please not again. And then I thought, no, he's, he's continual play, and I think don't kick it out because you know it's going to go to VAR. But then seeing the replays, it's like a coming together. You have seen them given in past, and I think yeah, for the attacking team, you're thinking that's a penalty all day long in the defending team. You're like thinking, nah. But if the, rever- the roles are reversed, I'll be like, right. pen, ref, yep. you've got to give a penalty for that. Yep. Yep. But um I can see why it wasn't given. I was more annoyed the one with Mkhitaryan. And either way, I mean, either penalty, especially the Mkhitaryan one, it could have changed the game completely had he scored. You know, it, mm. you know, who knows what would have happened at that point? You could have had another goal, could have been a stalemate. Who knows? But um, it, it did come up big in that in that game, and you know, also the Liao one as well. Um, you know, real quick, not to deviate too far, but um, you, you well, since you did bring it up, Milan have had a lot of penalties this season, and I'm you know you've heard all certain sides uh, of the thoughts on this. Um, I'll let you know mine after, but I want to hear your thoughts on just seeing the number of uh, penalties that Milan get. Obviously, the one from yesterday against Udinese was a blatant. It it looks suspect. It looked like he got paid money for that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll give it that. But what what do you think? What are your thoughts on all these penalties that Milan have gotten this season? Are you saying, are you on the camp that says this is all BS? It's, you know, the referees are giving to him. Are you saying it's well-deserved? Where do you fall on this? 
Well, um, I did see a, com- a comparison, like compared like um, to Manchester United here in the Premier League. They get a lot of penalties because I think it's especially in the first and they used to have a lot. I saw Frank. Yeah, and this season as well, the style of play because you got they got quick forwards. So have AC Milan. You've got Liao and you've got Rabic and then you've got a smart one in Slatan. You can just yeah. get in between defenders. Um, I've I've probably seen most of Milan games this season. And I, I think I've only probably disagreed with just a couple. It's just the the way you guys play because the, the quick nature of your forwards. Like Frank said it on Twitter the other day. And, and I tend to agree with him. It's... It's not BS, but some are questionable. But the majority of the ones that Milan have got this season are, are spot on. Yeah, the one the uh, one I, last night was just it's stupid. I, like, that, that, that was, that, that's dodgy. <laughs> it makes you question whether Calciopoli's back, right? They, people were joking about that. Um, that <laughs> penalty aside, last night, uh, for the most part, most of the penalties, in my opinion, and maybe I'm biased. Uh, I think they've been, you know, legit penalties. Like Milan have been in the box consistently. Mm. They have the pace. They have the, the the smarts to know how to do right. And and the guys they get tagged. They get tagged every game. Uh, and the referee's gonna mm. call it. They, he has to call them, especially in the day and age of VAR. If no VAR was there, I, it'd probably have to calls be made, right? But when it goes to VAR, yeah, it's definitely. obvious you gotta call it. Like the Calabria one against Roma, that probably wouldn't have been called in the past. But because it went to VAR, yeah, about it was. five six years ago, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, teams that create their own opportunities are going to get tagged and they're going to get more penalties. I mean, Juventus had this in the past as well. We, you know, Juventus had other issues too that many people you know, look at. But, you know, if you're in the box deserving it, I mean, it's going to happen. If you're in the box that often, you're going to get t- tagged every now and then for any, either team. I mean, they have been tested calls. I agree with you. There has been some times where you're like, I wouldn't have given that. You know, even if it's for my team, I wouldn't have given mm. that. Um, and even that, that, that play with Strager Larson uh, yesterday was just like, oh, come on. Why did they have to happen against us? You know, like, come on. <laughs> with everything else that's going on, they're going to have that too. So, uh, but I Especially digress. Talking in about the 96th players. minute as well. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. And it's not the first time this year, you know, oh. and other times it's been legit, but no. whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, overall, you know, Milan ended up winning the game against, against Roma. A big, big result for Milan because that, that, you know, Milan were just got surpassed by Inter the week before in the derby. Mm. Uh, and so we're trying to stay with them. Uh, obviously, you have to fend off Juventus and Atalanta. You guys as well, you needed that. You know, three points would have been really nice because yeah, at the moment you were third or fourth in the game heading to the match, right? Uh, so three yeah. points could have, you know, really got yeah. you closer. Yeah, we would have. Uh... So you've Juventus played beforehand, didn't they? Yeah, they played beforehand. Oh god, I'm forgetting my days now. Or did they yeah, play Monday? They might play Monday against. They Crit- played Monday. Yeah, they played Monday. It's, it's been a long week. Yeah, they played Monday. Yeah, they played Monday against Crotone, and then they yes. won. No, they played Tuesday. They played Spezia. Spezia as well, and then Spezia, last. That's year, right. Yeah, yeah, and they played. I think they played earlier before the Roma game as well. So, god, it's been a long week. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, that game was massive because it. I think if Roma would have won, the monkey off the back on Fonseca's record on the top six, like because that's been talked about a lot this season. Because um, he's he's won a lot of games against teams seven to twenty, but struggled against teams one to six. But in previous seasons, we've done well against the top six and then struggled against the bottom. 
bottom sides. Yeah. <laughs> it's like vice versa, and like rolled Which the you take, right? <laughs> yeah, they flipped reversed it. Um, but it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long couple of months, isn't it, Rich? Because there's a lot of games left to be played. This it's so tight between third and sixth. It's just it's yeah. it's mental. Even even second, you know, you can even throw Milan in there because they're, they're only mm. what three points ahead of uh, Juve at this point. Uh, and Atalanta, you mm. know, look out for them. They're trying to turn it on now. Oh God! Um, it's yeah. it, it, it is going to be it, it's going to be you know really difficult for all these teams. I mean, for us as fans, we're you know we're going to be watching every week intently because you know heart attack and vine with all this. You know, <laughs> this could happen, that could happen. I think to your point though, um, you know if you're in a scenario where you're either not beating the best teams or you're losing to the bottom teams, I think you'd rather be losing to the best teams. Cause at least if you're beating everybody else, you're still in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. You're still going to be in Europa league fight. Yeah. Um, and that's a better situation as opposed to beating the good teams, but then struggling against everyone else and then mm-hmm. being mediocre. I think that's where Milan's been in the past, um, in the past several years where they had, you know, they've done well against the good teams, but then struggled against the people that should have beaten. Hence mm-hmm. why they never made it. And, you know, they barely made Europa league, uh, those years. So, um, yeah, you know, looking at the the post match press conferences between both Pioli and um, and Fonseca, you know, Pioli is a little bit shorter. You know, he's talked about how they played well, they started strong. You know, compared to how the previous month had gone, you know, this is the team really showed a lot of passion, a lot of grit, uh, and they started out very uh, quickly in the match. It really helped them propel them in the game. Um, you know, looking over to Fonseca's side. One of the first things he said in his conference was that the first 20 minutes dictated the game and it cost us the game. Mm. And you you even said the same thing when you were talking earlier. Um, he talked about how they lost a lot of balls in the buildup. Um, he allowed you know, Roma allowed Milan to create way too many chances, way too many opportunities. Um, Roma were very passive uh, and defensively they were poor, allowing way too many uh, opportunities in their own box. It just went on and on and. Um, I think Paulo Lopez had a very similar outlook as the way you did. Um, Roma, they started out very poorly. They got better in the second half, no doubt about it. Uh, and he, you know, Fonseca even believes that had they played the way in the second half they play against every big team, you know, they could take points from anybody. But they, he thinks there's certainly a mental block with Roma with the big clubs for some reason, and it doesn't make sense because if they play like they did in the second half, they could play with anybody and beat anybody. And I'm one of the people who says I'm I'm one mm. of the big fans of the Roma midfield. I think your midfield is amazing. They move a lot. Um, obviously, having Mkhitaryan, he's special. There are two Pedro when he's playing well. Uh, Pellegrini. I mean, you guys have a really nice midfield, and you really dictate games the majority of the time. Uh, what do you think it is about these big games that we just that mental block is keeping you from playing the way you normally play? <laughs> It's been with the club for quite a long time um, since probably yeah. I've been supporting the club for about 17, 18 years where you get to a point in the season where you're doing so well and then there's a dip, there's a loss of form and you see it year in, year out with big clubs like Milan has happened quite a lot recently and it's happened to Roma quite a lot recently. I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's something in the mind. It's a mental thing where... I don't think there's some big enough leaders in that locker room. Like you lose, you lose Totti, you lose De Rossi, you yeah. lose Nyingalen, you lose Kevin Streetman, and you lose Kolarov this summer. You look, you lose five big players in the space of five years. And Florenzi too, right? Leaders. 
Yeah, Florenzi because he was captain, and look what he's doing now in France with PSG. Yeah. He's already winning yeah. trophies. Um, so you lose your your locker room leaders, your born winners, and then yeah, you're going into the big games where fans, us fans, want to see want to see a performance, but then you just see like they were winning one 0 away at Atalanta and then lose four one. It's like. Gasparini can just completely change the game with his subs and Fonseca didn't react. And then you just see the Lazio defeat and then Juventus and then Milan. Yeah, it's definitely a mental thing. And something, I think it it lays with the players and the manager. Um, If Fonseca can't see see it, like us fans can see it, I think it's a big problem. But if he can sort that out, like we've got some big home games coming up. We've got Napoli in a couple of weeks, and if we can get a result in that, and like the two Shakhtar games in the in the Europa League, they're massive. Because yep. if you get past that, you're into the the big boys in the Europa League. So there is some big games coming up. So if you just get past that, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be all gravy. But no, if he doesn't, is it's going to be some worrying signs coming up. <laughs> Hardcore towns in the house. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, that's a hundred percent point. I think there's a big games coming up between uh, Roma and Shakhtar, especially with Napoli also in there. Um, I think if you guys just get that one win, you guys are going to do really well uh, yeah. to get past that hurdle, I think. And you guys are in the mix at the moment. I mean, right now you're only on 40, 47 points, fifth place, just two points behind the third and fourth spots, uh, five points behind Milan. So you're, you're in the mix uh, and anything can happen. I mean, the title isn't even locked up yet, but I mean, if it per- very well could be today, <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens with Inter and Atalanta coming up in a couple days. Uh, yeah, yeah, Parma is a much easier opponent than than Atalanta. So, uh, yeah, lot lot to play mm. for still, but it's going to be certainly worrying times for us and our, and our teams that we support. Um, anything you want to close on out with on this match before we uh, wrap this up? No, no. I think if I said some things I was thinking on Sunday, uh, it would be the show would have been rated R. <laughs> but no, it's just um, it. it <laughs> yeah, no, it was a very good win for Milan because after what happened, the last two games because you played Red Star Belgrade and that was a struggle for you guys, and yes. then the loss against Inter. Um, I just think if referees would have gone to the VAR booth, <laughs> it could have been a different story, but who knows? No, it's just um, a good win for Milan and just a, a bitter swill, a bitter pill to swallow. Sorry for us Roma fans. Yeah, no, it, it certainly was. And uh, I think that result at the time for Milan was very good. Uh, you got to see something about Tomori and Tonali, some good things on them. Um, but uh, they obviously struggled mm. against Udinese last night. So, uh, real quick, from your from your perspective, uh, who were the best players in that Milan, for Milan in that game uh, against Roma? Uh, Ante Rebic, uh, Tenali played really, really, really well. I think that's yeah. the best I've seen him for a little bit because he didn't play the best in the derby. I think he yeah. may have got exposed a little bit with the three on two. Uh, uh, Tamori, uh, he's he's taken to Italian football like a duck to water because um, yeah, yeah. he didn't really get that much game time under Frank Lampard this season. He played quite a bit last season. Donnarumma with some crucial saves and Calabria had a good solid game at right back. He kept Spinazzola quiet. Spinazzola is Roma's main outlet from the left. Yeah, I've been actually very impressed with uh, Spinazzola this season. I've been, I've been, you know, 
clamoring about him mm-hmm. all year. I think he's been doing well, and I think he was one of the best players for Rome in this uh, in this match as well. Um, obviously, Vera too with his goal, he he was very instrumental. Mikatarin was everywhere in this one. Um, those are probably the best the best players I thought, in, in my opinion, in the game. Um, it's always your midfield that seems to drive the team. Uh, if they're going to do well, it's going to be because of that midfield. So, uh, you know, Spinazzola and, and mm. uh, Mikatarian and Veritud, I thought, were certainly instrumental and made it difficult for Milan, no doubt about it. So, um, so all right, so let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, where can uh, where can our followers find you? Uh, please plug away your podcast and anything else you want to pod- uh, plug. Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Monroe. Uh, I do some writing for the two teams I support. So Swindon Town, been a massive Swindon fan, Swindon Town fan, sorry, for since 94. So I've been season ticket holder for like 25, 26 years. And it, nice, nice. I think, sorry, this Monday, this Monday is the, the year anniversary since my last game due to COVID, due to the, the pandemic. And then the season oh, wow. got cut and we've got no fans. We've got no fans going to games at the moment here in the UK. Uh, so yeah, um, I do some writing for uh, the Trust SDFC, doing match previews for Swinning Games, do match previews for Roma Games for AS Roma 360, do uh, podcasts for Roma on the Magicast. Uh, I got asked to, to join uh, last September, October. I've done only a couple of podcasts and uh, do Man on the Post podcast, which um, we do the Thursday show. I did a, a podcast for man of the post on monday just waiting for that to come out it was 11 pieces of me we've both done it haven't we rich yep we have i, lo- I love that series i love it's a lot series. of fun it is it's yeah go back to nostalgia it's, it's there so far so much fun yeah um very good very good um i was gonna say that uh well yeah I, you know i've I listened to uh man of the pat man that man on the show podcast um man of the post excuse me podcast uh for a long time and the group, great group of guys there and uh, 11 pieces of me is one of the, my favorite mm. segments on that no no doubt about that so um yeah you can find me at uh, r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n um obviously a serious sit down we are part of the world football index make sure you go and check out the website check out all the articles and and other podcasts that come out through world football index i uh, want to give a shout out to Hardcore Italians, make sure you go there, get the jersey, get the nice shirts like we have. The, I'm not wearing it right now, but uh, the Paisan shirt that we wear, I definitely get that. Uh, maybe we get you a little discount code here in the near future. Uh, and as always, uh, make sure you tell your Paisans about us. 